Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And I'm excited for today's conversation. Today, we have Brittany Dixon. She's a business strategist and productivity coach. And for most loan officers that I know, at least, you know, being organized and things like that is typically not their strong suit, right? Where typically, you know, salespeople, details are not our strong suit in terms of that. So I'm excited to have you on, Brittany, learn a little bit about some of the different strategies, tactics that you help your clients implement in terms of productivity and how to, you know, better streamline their business. So welcome to the show. How's it going? Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know uh, we had a previous conversation and you know, we had some good content that we talked about. So I'm, I'm excited to dive in and learn a little bit about, you know, again, some of these strategies. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about like your background, what kind of got you doing what you do today, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a roller coaster story, but I was an event planner turned home organizer turned business organizer. So I've always just been that like type A super organized planner person. I mean, mm -hmm. from the time I was like in high school, I had color coded binders, all the things, right? So like anything you think of when you're like type A person, that was pretty much me. So I got into wedding event planning because I really thought that would be an awesome way to like use my skills and have a ton of fun got into it, realized I hated the wedding industry. You had to work weekends all the time. It was super stressful. Sure. So then I had worked for a corporate restaurant, kind of doing the same thing, marketing and sales for them. I actually got fired from there and became an accidental entrepreneur because I didn't fit within their corporate box, which now sure. in hindsight, best thing that ever happened. Right. But then when I started the business, I organized houses. I'm a mom of twins. So I was really helping moms kind of get their house and routines in place to make it less stressful. And then I hired a business coach because I had no idea idea when I was doing running a business. And when mm -hmm. I kind of went down that rabbit hole, I found the online coaching space. And she basically was like, you could totally do this for businesses and teach like the productivity and organization system. So kind of sure. dove into that. It kind of all came full circle because I worked with some wedding and event planning clients doing what I do, but I'm really just on a mission to help business owners work smarter, not harder and get more done in less time. So we can actually have the freedom we started our businesses for. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're the Marie Kondo, but for businesses, right? I mean, yes. just kidding. But it's, fun. it's funny though. Cause I remember watching that show actually. And remember that she's like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. And then obviously I saw something that said that like, as soon as she had a kid, it was like, Oh, well, some of those things just don't work as yeah. well when you have kids. Right. So it's funny that, you know, you have kids and you kind of help moms and stuff like that do that because I'll say with three kids and another on the way, the house is not a, very organized very often. Right. And it's yeah. like, a, it's a hurdle. Like it's an all day thing to just keep the house clean. So anyway, I know we're, yes. that's what we're talking about, but I know that's kind of the background. So yeah, uh, I love sure. it. So you transitioned into doing some of the online coaching in this space. Is it primarily working with online businesses or is it just any type of business just kind of from yeah. an online perspective? Yeah. So it is mainly online businesses. Now I do a lot with some smaller companies too. I'm actually working with a dentist right now. I've worked sure. with some HVAC companies. So what I do is very universal across the board. Every business sure. has to have processes. Every business has to have systems in place 
people need to be productive, but I kind of gravitated more towards the online coaching space because I felt like I could make a bigger impact teaching people. It's sure. almost the like teach Amanda fish kind of thing. So I kind of gravitated towards that, but I do a lot in just process consulting too, and setting up smaller businesses processes. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And obviously, you know, from the perspective of, you know, loan officers, I mean, while a lot of them are going to be W2, you know, technically employees, yeah. they're really businesses within a business, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, unless you're a salary loan officer, which most aren't, they're having to fish every single day and they're pretty much having to build a business. They really should be thinking of it as a business, right? And so again, as I kind of go back to this idea that like most of the time, the personalities of most salespeople in general is just going to be a lot more of like, they're very good with people, not so good with the details, right? So a lot of it comes down to, they can have great conversations, but then things get lost, you know? And so you have to develop the skills or the habits or the processes in order to take you to the next level. Cause like when you're just doing it by yourself, it's okay. Right. Like, and I'll just even speak for myself. Like when I was just yeah. me, it was easy. Cause like, I would just remember things. And, but then as I started growing, like, then I had to bring someone on then it was like, okay, how do you keep everybody on the same page? And that's where it started to become more difficult was like, as yeah. the team starts to grow, how do you keep everybody on the same page growing in the same direction? You know, and then obviously then there's like the little tactics of like technology and the pieces that you can use to, you know, create processes, right? Like, I mean, I couldn't live without something like Zapier or like Google Chrome. Like those are things that so many people don't even, you know, know to leverage, right? And obviously being in the online space, like it just seems like everybody knows about it. But when you talk to people, a lot of people don't even know what these things are and these concepts. So talk a little bit about kind of how, like, where would you start with like a talking with a new business, maybe you're consulting with them. Like, where does that yeah. conversation start? And then how does, yeah. how do you then implement as it goes? I love this. So I look at businesses really holistically and I really like to start with your goals. So okay. even if you're not a business, right? Like everyone has goals of some kind. And I feel like that's kind of where we need to start because I don't want to give you systems and processes and tools and tactics that aren't going to meet your goals and get you to sure. those places. I'm really like a business minimalist too, like less tools, less tech, like the least amount of things we can have in place the best because we all have so much going on, right? So sure. I really take a look at those goals and I'm like, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? What types of things do we need to put in place to be able to do this? And then I really look at like in a perfect world, what would your ideal week look like? Because everything really comes down to time management, even like systems, processes, getting stuff done. Like it all comes down to managing your time. And if you can't control your calendar, your calendar is going to control you, right? So sure. I really look at your ideal week and I ask people, I'm like, what do you want? Like, what do you want your week to look like? What do you want it to be filled with? And a lot of times we start with lifestyle stuff first, because most people start with business and then cram the life stuff in and don't have time for it. They don't have time for working out, time for family, sure. time for all of these different things. So we really look at the lifestyle stuff and we map that out on a calendar. Then we start putting Love the it. business stuff in. And I think a lot of times too, people will fill their calendars, but not put admin time on. They won't put the like business development sales time on there for like following up with people. So your calendar is completely filling up you have to do all of these things on top of that. So we look at how can we put admin time in on a recurring basis? How can we take Fridays off and put that on our calendar and block that out? So mm -hmm. it really comes down to time management and making sure that that's in alignment with your goals. Yeah. And the concept that I learned a couple of years ago was even like, even having dead space on a calendar as well and not feeling every single second of every single day, because like, yep you may think that something's going to take you an hour, but it might take you an hour and a half, 
right? Like Everything may, takes you know, longer. You might as well just like, however long you think it's going to take, just tack some time on. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so, and that was one thing that I was like, you know, I was like back to back to back, but then you get through a day and you're like, crap, like I didn't get half of this done because really it all took me longer. And so then you start to lose confidence in yourself because, hey, you know what? These are all the things that I promised I was going to do today, right? You're making these commitments of doing these things and you're not doing these actions. And so the more you can follow through on the things that you say you're going to do, the higher confidence you build in yourself, which, you know, allows you to kind of build that momentum. And so I'm sure that's part of what you kind of do there is to, to help people learn the idea of really time blocking. I mean, most people don't yeah. even literally are super reactive every single day and they don't even plan their business stuff. They just roll into the day and like, well, what do I got to do? And it's super reactive. <laughs> yeah. Which, and then know, they live by their email, right? Like emails come in and they're doing right. stuff or text messages or team members and it's completely reactive and you can never get ahead that way. If you don't sure. take a step back, if you don't turn that email off, if you don't map out your day now, you can map out a perfect week, right? And Monday comes and the whole thing falls apart and you have to kind of reconsider, right. but at least having that plan, you can kind of be ahead of things and be super proactive. The other thing I will say is that every single thing you put on your calendar actually has three parts. It has the before the thing, the actual thing, and then the after, right? So typically we've got to prep for these calls or these meetings. We've got to get things ahead of time. Then we have to actually spend the time doing that. And then afterwards, there's a lot of times follow-up or creating new tasks or sending follow-up emails, whatever that kind of looks like. And like you said, everybody that puts back-to-back -back meetings in their calendar you don't leave time for that. And then that starts piling up. Things sure. start getting forgotten. Stuff starts falling through the cracks. And that's where you really get into this like hustle and like feeling like you're not productive for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a never ending cycle. If you don't yeah. sit down and plan it right at the very least plan out most of your day and then have some time also planned out for the reactive things because yeah. those reactive things are, I mean, it's the Stephen Covey's quadrants, right? We talk about like the urgent and important but quadrant two is really where we should be spending the most amount of our time, which is like the things that aren't as urgent, but they're still super important, right? So it's like planning and things like that. And we spend so much time, like again, answering emails and fighting fires and for loan officers, like, you know, dealing with conditions and doing these things. And then we miss out on all this opportunity to, like you said, like prospect or, you know, so it's like, we'll go through these eras of like feast or famine where like, you know, one month you don't have any deals. So you're like, Hey, you're running out there. You're prospecting like crazy. And all of a sudden, two months yep. later, all of a sudden those deals are in the pipeline and now you're having to fight. Like, so like you just kind of fall off without having the blocks yep. in place when you're doing these, like, how do you get, cause I mean, I, I haven't been diagnosed, but I feel like I'm slightly ADHD, okay. if not <laughs> uh, heavily ADHD, I would say probably more yeah. heavily ADHD, but like, how do you get people to kind of like commit and then actually, you know, follow the things that are on the calendar you know, based off of time blocking. Cause I know I've tried almost everything in the past and, you know, yeah. giving myself a little bit of leeway has always been the best way for me is like, you know, not having as much things on there as I thought I should be doing. <laughs> so, yeah. And this, I mean, if I had like the magic bullet formula for this, I'd be a bajillionaire. Right. So sure. there's so many factors that go into this as far as just working style and when you work mm -hmm. best and like all these different things. Right. So the biggest thing is planning. Obviously we just touched on that. I think the next thing is like minimizing distractions. If you have 47 tabs open on your Chrome window, and then you've got another Chrome window with like 47 more biggest productivity killer on the planet. I don't work with more than like seven or eight at any given time. <laughs> uh, I feel like you're trying to fight me. I mean, I might see your computer, you know, I can see it, but everybody does that. And they think like, oh, I don't want to forget this, or I need to go back to this. But the biggest thing is like, 
first off, if they get so small that you can't even see the logo, like you've got to spend time searching for that. There's some yep. kind of crazy stat out there that people spend like 12 and a half hours a week on searching for information, right? Like links and emails and text messages and like all this different stuff, 12 and a half hours a week craziness. So it really is like minimizing distractions. It's getting off of email lists that aren't serving you anymore. It's turning off notifications. It's turning off text messages. It's not having your email open all the time, like checking it periodically throughout the day. And I think we've just been conditioned as a society. Like that's not how it works. Like you have to have everything open. You have to respond to people all the time and you've got to be available, which is really tough because then you've got to manage all of that in the back end, like all of this information coming in at you. So it's planning your week, it's minimizing your distractions. And then if you're serious about getting stuff done, like you've got to follow something at some point, right? So you've yeah. got to have some kind of routine in place. For me, the like key routine is my weekly planning. Like every single Friday, my weekly planning session, literally the biggest game changer in my business because I'm actually being proactive and I'm planning Mm -hmm. before the weekend so I can shut off for the weekend and not start back up until Monday. So yeah, there's no magic bullet. I wish there was, (laughs) but it is, it's minimizing those distractions. I think is the biggest thing to be able to actually move forward and do things. I think that's especially hard. I mean, you know, again, the primary audience here is going to be loan officers, Mason real estate agents. And that is, like you said, it's been conditioned, but I think especially conditioned for loan officers and salespeople in general to be like, oh, I need to respond right away. But like, the truth is like, I mean, and, and what I try to tell my team even is like, yeah we don't run an emergency room. No one's going to die if you don't respond, right? Like it's just not going to be that important, right? And like, yeah, maybe there's times that things are super urgent. Those people can call you if it's something that needs to be solved in the next five minutes, right? Like maybe something happened with the closing that they need new closing docs and needs to be done right the second because the borrower is already there, you know, but most of the time, these things can wait two hours, right? They can wait till you're yeah. done with your you know, productivity block of whatever you're working on or your prospecting yeah. time. So that's awesome. In terms of you know, some productivity hacks. Like, I mean, you talked about closing out of tabs. What do you do for like those people that do have that sort of problem, AKA me, what do you do with those things that you do want to say? Like, how do you, do you track that on a notepad? Do you have some sort of an app or something like that that you use? What's kind of a good process to do that? Yeah. So I think the first piece is really creating that really organized digital workspace in general. So we were touching on Chrome a little bit, right? So creating Chrome that's got your bookmarks and all the things that you need access to. Uh, mm-hmm. There's actually a little hack inside of there that you can have pages automatically open, like a specific set of pages automatically open every time you open Chrome. So essentially oh, awesome. all the platforms that I get into every single morning. I just have it automatically open and it's one less thing I have to think about. It's basically deleting all of those bookmarks of things that you think you're going to go back to, but really you're actually just going to Google it instead of going back to the bookmark. (laughs) So like clearing a lot of that out, I actually use bookmarks in a really different way. I use it for all of the different platforms and softwares and apps that I go into versus saving information. So for me, if it's something I want to read later, I actually have a reading list in Asana where I'll just put the link inside of that. And then when I go to that list, I can kind of click through those different articles. I think they actually just implemented a reading list in Chrome. I think you have to have the updated version, but I think there's actually a reading list that you can ping those things into. But if it's a tab that something is like actionable, 
I put it into a task inside of Asana in my task management, because if I leave it on a tab, it's going to get closed out, which means I'm going to forget about it, which means I'm not going to do it. And it's just going to clutter things up and really kill productivity. So I'll take it and just copy paste the link, put it into Asana, and then assign a date to it if I know what date I need to work on it. So it kind of just depends, but that cluttered workspace really does like take away from you actually getting stuff done. So the more we can delete from it, clean things out and kind of declutter, it helps tremendously. As I'm over here while we're having this conversation, yeah. <laughs> closing like, out of all my close out some tabs. <laughs> yeah, closing out of my 47 tabs in five different windows that I literally have yeah. up that I'm like, okay, well, most of these I don't even need up. I just never get around to closing a lot of them too. Like that's yeah. the other thing as well. Like sometimes it is that concept of like, hey, like I do want to save this for later. But a lot of times I just, you know, open a new window or open a new tab yeah. just because like I, you know, I haven't got around to closing everything for out. Sure. So and then sure. every once in a while, my computer restarts and then I get a fresh start. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I have a fresh start. <laughs> start you know, over. Yeah. You called, know, like as if it's I called couldn't like do that. Google Chrome tab bankruptcy, right? Just clear it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I, I need love it. that. And know. that's part of my end of day process too, is like when I'm closing out for the day, I am doing that. I'm closing out the mm. tabs. I'm throwing away files off of my desktop. I'm throwing away files off of my laptop, off of different places, right? So that I can nice. have that fresh start starting back. Because I think if you chip away at it, like every day for five minutes, it's so much easier than if like your entire desktop's covered in files and you're like, yep. this is going to take me six hours. No one's ever going to carve out six hours. But if you can right. carve out that five minutes at the end of the day and like clear things off, delete tabs, delete things that you're not working on, it just makes it so much easier kind of fresh start when you come back the next day. Yeah. And this is huge for anybody listening. I feel like probably most people are going to be like, be just because, <laughs> you know, just again, I've had so many conversations with so many loan officers and you know, again, there is people that do have that type A personality that somehow fit into that industry yeah, as well. But for, for the sure. most part, it's going to be people like me, right? People that are like yeah. the visionaries <laughs> and the uh, sales type people tend to be, again, yeah. like we're good at sort of the high level stuff, but then in terms of like organization and things like that, and it doesn't yeah. tend to be a strong suit. But again, as you start to you know, grow, you're going to have to understand that like, while you may not enjoy doing the process oriented stuff, it's the only way to grow and scale a business. So when it comes to some of that stuff. I know you talked about Asana. I know that's kind of your bread and butter in terms of that. But when it comes to, you know, managing projects, things like that, like, is there a process that you typically recommend? Because I know, I mean, you can really technically use any, you know, yeah. task yeah, you or whatever. Can, you like, can use any tool. That's probably the biggest question I get is like, which tool should I use? And right. that's actually not the most important question. It's what's the system that's going inside the tool that you're going to use consistently right. that's actually going to sure. make it work. So yeah, I mean, you can use any of them. Some of my biggest tips is you've got to keep it as simple as possible. We actually use the BCO method across the board. So it stands for business development, client services, and operations. Every single business has those three areas. Now, some businesses mm -hmm. will break down business development into like sales and marketing and advertising. Like it breaks down into different buckets. But sure. for the most part, you've got business development, which is growing the business, client services, which is taking care of your people, and all the operations stuff is what we're talking about as far as like processes and systems, right? So by creating email folders like that, by creating your bookmark folders with those same things, by creating your Google Drive folders, your Asana projects, keeping everything color-coded exactly the same. Your brain has to think about less decisions, right? So if you have an email, you know, is it business development, client services, or operations, right? If you've got a task, which bucket does that fall into? If you've got sure. a file, which bucket does that fall into? So it really is all about keeping it as simple as possible. And I think people that aren't organization did 
typically try to over-organize and they try to create like subfolder within subfolder, like 47 deep, you're never going to go look through those, right? So right. keep it as high level as possible with maybe some subcategories underneath of that, but the tools don't matter. It's how you're using the system and if you're using it consistently within. Yeah. And I think that's hundred percent true, right? Like we're going to overcomplicate it and then like, we'll be obsessed with it for like a week and then it'll fall that's off normally because what it's happens. too much yeah. work. There's like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, and I'm just going off as someone that like, you know, it's kind of an ADHD yeah. type of behavior, ADD, ADHD behavior is like, you're all in on something for a short period of time, yeah. you can focus really strongly. But if it's not something that's simple and easy to do on a daily basis, you know, you lose sight of it. So yeah, I do think simplicity is yeah. key, you know, and when it comes to like, so you're talking about that, like, you, you want to have a system there, like, when it comes to creating systems or SOPs, like, how do you go around doing that? And how do you simplify that sort of a process? Right? And how do you think about creating those, I guess, is more important? Yeah. So I think, I mean, first off, the word systems, SOPs, processes, workflows, I think anybody that's not in that space and doesn't really think about that stuff, it can be scary because they're like, oh gosh, it has to be like this massive thing and sure. it's got to be so pretty. And it really doesn't. An SOP is a standard operating procedure. It's the checklist of exactly how you do the thing to get the outcome. So the reason we want to create SOPs for us is because we might do that thing very specifically. And if we're bringing on a team member, we really want that team member to be able to do it exactly the same way. There's actually a really funny video of a dad and his kids, and they were like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and the kids are giving this example and like their instructions and he's following it to a T and they're like, no, that. you're doing it wrong. And he's like, I read the instructions, right? So it's literally just a checklist of how you do things. Now you can get fancy and include little videos so that somebody can sure. see behind the scenes. You could get fancy and add links to things, right? But it's really just finding a place to document how you do stuff. We actually use Notion for this because it's a free app that you can actually create big documents within that you can link a bunch of different things within. So that's super easy for us. And the whole thing with SOPs is that they're never done ever. Right, <laughs> Hate to burst right, the yep. bubble, but anytime you add a team member, you're going to have new SOPs. Anytime you add an yep. offer, a service, a product, an app, a software, like anything you do in your business, you're going to have new SOPs for. So that's where I kind of want people to think in systems instead of like thinking this is like a one and done thing. Right. I want you to really think like, how can I create a template out of this? How can I duplicate this? How could I pass this off to somebody in a checklist format? So SOPs don't have to be scary. Just while you're doing it, document it while you're doing it. And then you only have to do that once. And then you make little right. tweaks versus if you're trying to pass something off to somebody, you're like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself because I don't have time to explain it. You're going to lose that time and you're not going to be able to scale. Yeah. And I agree. I think in the short term, it sucks because like you have to kind of it's spend pain, that time yeah. <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Right. But in the long term, you're actually saving yourself a ton of time. Like, cause like you mentioned, yep. a lot of times we're like, well, I'll just do it myself because I can do it faster and yada, yada. But like, you know, at yep. scale or like if you have to do that same task a hundred times, it's like, okay, well now you haven't actually saved time because you've had to do it a hundred yep. times when you easily could have done something super simple to get it sorted. So one of the things I have done, you know, because I remember, like you said, like when I first got started, I overcomplicated. I thought it had to be like this crazy thing. What that means is I just didn't do anything with it. I was like, well, you know, it's yeah. too much. So <laughs> so I got the concept. It was in Asana, but this could be just as easily done like yeah. a Google Doc, right? It was like yeah. you said, use a checklist. And then basically what I would do is I would use something like a loom, like a loom video. Yeah. And so I'd literally have a checklist. I'd do a quick loom video. And then I'd attach that loom video to the top of the checklist. 
And that was it. And so people then have one, a checklist and they also have the visual because some people are visual learners and some people are kind of more like they want the documented process. And I think, again, I've seen people that have written, like they write like super in-depth ones with all kinds of like screenshots and stuff like that. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I just found uh, Scribe the other day, which is a super awesome tool that does that automatically (laughs) for you. So there's a lot of cool tools out there. But again, I think like Brittany has mentioned a couple of times, it comes down to simplicity, the simpler you can make the process. And also the other thing that I typically try to tell my team is like, you want to make this so easy. Like you want to make sure the process is so easy that anybody can come in and replicate that process. Right. Like, you know, and so you have to think about someone who has never touched any of these softwares, right? Like you have to pretend like they've never logged into Slack. They've never logged into Asana. They've never logged into you know, whatever it is, if you're talking about the mortgage world, if you haven't logged into one of the softwares that you use, right? So we want to break it down to like a granular, in my opinion, at least to like, go to this website, log in here, here's the password, or you're going to be given a password here. And then like literally walk them step by step, because like, sometimes we make assumptions that, hey, everybody knows how to use Slack. Yeah. But like, <laughs> if you've never been in that platform, but like, you're going to get lost if you kind of skip a couple steps. So just sure. thinking about it from that perspective and being able to create a process that's so dumbed down that anybody can take it and create and replicate it is what I try to tell my team. So I don't know. For sure. And if you have team members that are already doing things like you've passed off to them and they do it their way and that way is better because sometimes that happens, right? (laughs) Um, Of course. Have them document those processes for you within the software that you're using. That's actually a perfect example. I had an assistant and she was documenting some of the processes because she was doing them a certain way. And for whatever reason, things didn't work out with us. We ended up cutting the relationship and I had never done some of the tasks that she had done, right? So like we went back through Asana, everything got reassigned to me. That process was super easy, but a task came across my list and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how she did this, right? So I clicked on the SOP and it literally had the checklist of how to do it and where to log in and where to find things and how to get to places. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be you, right? Because sometimes your team members do things better than you do and have found a better way have them document those processes for you because what happens if they leave, right? What happens if that person leaves? I'm actually working with someone right now that if their assistant left, I'm pretty sure the business would crumble. Like literally everything is in their brain and I'm trying to like pull it out of them to create these processes. But if that Mm -hmm. person left today, they would probably be in trouble because that person knows everything, where logins are, where to find things, where to do all the different tasks throughout the day. And you don't want to be put into that situation where you've got somebody that leaves you and you don't know how to do stuff because it's going to hold you back. Yeah. Or they get hit by a car or they get COVID and they're out for two weeks or like, you know, they go on a vacation and they lose cell service for a week. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, that's not a very, or even you, like if you want to leave and leave the business for a week, like you can't do that either. If everything's in your brain and they have to keep contacting you for every single thing. And I think, you know, especially for loan officers, like they talk about it all the time. Like, oh, I go on vacation and like, you know, I'm working the whole time. I was like, man, that sucks. I'm sorry, but that sucks. Like, yeah. you know, that being said, like, do I work a little bit while I'm on vacation? Yes, I check we in. We all it's, do. We all do. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> it's hard not to check in. But at the same time, like having team members and having processes allows you to go on vacation without having to do the actual work every single yeah. day. Could you check in? Could you make sure things are going well? Sure. I mean, I think it's kind of hard for all of us to detach from kind of what we call our babies, right? But that being said, if you do create these processes, you can create a business where you can you know, take a vacation from and don't have yeah. to take every single call and don't have to do these things. Right. Yeah. And I think the other thing, I think you've touched on this a little bit is like some people might be able to do things better than you. And so many times we say, or we think no one else can do this. I do this better yep. than everybody else. <laughs> no one else can do this. 
but I think that's yep. BS most of the time. And yes. the truth is it doesn't have to be done as good, right? It yep. doesn't have to be as good as the way we do it. Right. And it I think, just, I think that's like leadership too, right. Is like passing that off to someone and letting them figure it out. And if they make mistakes, then you can guide them and be like, actually, we need to do it this way, or let's sure. change these couple of things. But I think that that builds a better team by kind of letting them do their thing instead of like, this is how you have to do it. And there's no other way. And this is the way that I found out. Right. So I think that flexibility is huge. And back to your point of like being able to go on vacation, I literally left for a week and all I had to do was check in once a day because I have processes and we had repeat tasks in place. And that's what I'm on a mission to help business owners do, because I feel like so many of them start businesses for freedom. And then they're stuck to their business 24 seven and they don't take Fridays off and they don't have long weekends and they're working on vacation and laptop and the whole nine yards. And there's a better way. If you can plan your weeks better, if you can manage your time better and you've got processes in place, you can take time off. I promise. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and obviously if you don't want to do that, it is what it is, you know, keep yeah. doing what you're doing. I but mean, I don't there's, think there's people... people that like working seven days a week. Oh, I mean, there's, there's some probably some underlying deep things going on there, but you know, <laughs> You know what? It is what it is. I'm not going to judge you. you If that's how you want to live, that's fine. But at the same time, you know, again, most people do, they complain about things and it's like, okay, well, then what are you doing to change that? What are you doing to create a process that will allow you to do that, you know, and working towards it? Cause it does take work, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, because if not, everybody would do it and we'd all be uber successful billionaires. Yeah. So, but like one of the concepts that like people talk about all the time is this thing of like eliminate, what is it? It's delegate, eliminate, or automate, I think is what it was. I don't know what the order of that is. Like, do you ever kind of go through some sort of a process like that with your clients in terms of like, all right, let's look at your processes and figure out, do we even need this anymore? Or, you know, should we delegate it or should we use, you know, something like Zapier or Make or Integromat to automate this process, right? Yeah. I love that question. So I actually have my road to scalability method. So I like acronyms over here. I don't know if you could tell or not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, your, uh, uh, (laughs) Your unique mechanisms over there are working well. Love Love it. it. So road to scalability, the R stands for recognize. So this is really going in and figuring out what's working, what's not working, what's the strategy, what's the plan, what's the big picture, what are the goals? Because again, going back to that, I'm really holistic thinking and I want everything to be gearing you towards the goals, right? So then the O stands for optimize. So this is when we go in and clean up processes. This is where we do a systems audit. We figure out, do we have tools we don't need? Can we combine tools? Can we get rid of tools? Most of the time we can get rid of things and combine things because we all have too many apps and and programs, right? (laughs) So we're really optimizing and cleaning things up, making sure things are super streamlined and efficient. Then we go into automation, which I think a lot of people skip straight to automation. And if you automate broken processes, you're going to cause yourself even more headache because right. you're automating something that's not working, which means you're like triggering all of these zaps and different things for a process that isn't streamlined anyways. So the A stands for automate. And then the D stands for document and delegate, because we don't want to start delegating things that we could have optimized to make better anyways, or automated before we start paying someone. So we really want to document the process after it's cleaned up and automated and then pass it off to someone if we can't have the automation takeover, right? Because we don't want to pay a VA if we can just automate something through Zapier. We don't want to pay a VA to create Google Drive folders when you can have Zapier do that for you. So I walk them through that process. And that's the process I used with so many of my one-on-one clients. It's what I use with my students and my hustle to flow program. And it really, I feel like is kind of that holistic, like what's working, what's not working, let's fix it, let's automate it and let's pass it off to somebody kind of thing. 
Do you, when you're kind of getting in there, are you mapping out like using something like whimsical or something like that to kind of look at the process from like a kind of a, a high level view and then figuring out what you need to automate and things like that from that perspective or what's yes. that kind of like? So we moved to Notion. I actually used to use Whimsical um, for all my okay. SOPs and kind of like mapping things out. We moved over to Notion for that. And it is, you've got to start at that high level. So we kind of break okay. it into the BCO buckets and we're like, okay, from a business development standpoint, what's working, what's not working, what are the strategies, what are the tools? Then we'd go into the client side of things. What are those strategies and tools and things that we're using and then operations. So we literally use the BCO method for everything. We organize strategy time that way, even with our clients, because if you can break it down into different buckets, you can focus in one area and say like, sure. how can we optimize this area? Now we can move on to this next part. Nice. So Notion is similar to Whimsical or is it different? Um, so similar to Whimsical, I think they're also trying to tie in like task management. They call themselves gotcha. like an all-in-one platform. I don't think that I would ever use that for task and project management. It seems a little sure. cumbersome, but it's definitely good for like mapping out strategies, SOPs, gotcha, gotcha. process documents, things like that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Just yeah. curious. Total side point. Yeah. I mean, I've heard yeah. a couple of times about notion, but never used it. So I actually just Googled it to see what it was. And I did say right here, project management and stuff like that. And obviously like when I think about whimsical, yeah. I'm thinking about just like, you basically draw out like yeah. processes and stuff like that. And yeah. it's something that I've had to learn to do, to be honest, it's not something that comes natural to me and I still yeah. resist it, but I also do see yeah. the value in mapping it out and being super specific. Cause again, I mean, just like I'm not great at being specific. Some people aren't very great at taking a high level thing and making it specific. Yes. So they need yeah. the specificity of like specific yeah. things that need to be done in a specific I have, order. I've got the blessing and the curse of both. I'm really good at like sure. high level planning and strategy, but sometimes I get in my own way because I also know like the detailed tasks that go into every one of those. So I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if we can do that. There's too many things associated. So, sure. uh, but it is, it's that different way of thinking of like the high level versus the in-depth detail. And you need both and you need that visionary person and the integrator person. Like it's gotta be a balance, but I think if more people could think like in systems and think about how can we templatize this so that we can just repeat it over and over, I think more people would be able to kind of simplify how they organize stuff. Yeah. And the way I typically, you know, when I bring new people on, I say, you got to think about this from the perspective of like, if we want to scale this, like what's yeah. this going to look like? Cause we want to think about this one, like, are these systems going to be good for scale? And two, when we do scale, like, and we bring people into this system, are these SOPs going to be clear enough? Are these processes going to be yeah. clear enough? So that again, someone who has no knowledge of whatever softwares or, you know, the industry yeah. we're in is going to be able to still take that action and be able to do it in a good way. So I do think that's a yeah. huge well, upside. And you got to think about like Starbucks, right? Like Starbucks is yeah. SOPs. If they weren't exactly the same, your drink would be different at a, every different Starbucks that you went to. You've got to think about it on that scale. Maybe that's not what sure. you want to do with your business, but it needs to be to that point that if you wanted to set up five different locations, that you could do that very simply and easily. And from an online business standpoint, that's more of like bringing on team members and scaling in that way. But you've got to think about how can we make this so streamlined and simple that somebody could just come in off the streets and do this thing. That's the only way that you're really going to be able to scale. Sure. So I guess let's get into some of the, uh, and I don't know about tactical, but um, yeah. like, what would you say is kind of like your favorite, I don't know, softwares, like from a yeah. productivity <laughs> standpoint, I don't know. I'm like, I know there's so many ways we could take this, yeah. but you know, as we kind of start to wrap up a little bit, talk a little bit about some of the softwares that you use for some of this, and then we can yeah. kind of maybe end with some sort of tactical things that, you know, someone could implement today to kind of 
you know, save them some time or make them more productive or whatever. So let's, yeah, let's start there sure. first. So I feel like the kind of areas most people struggle with is time management, task management, client management, and information management. So from a task management standpoint, I'm a sauna all the way. ClickUp is very big right now. Everyone's talking about it. I don't love it. I feel like it's too many bells and whistles and people get really distracted in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like Asana is just much more like simple, easy, straightforward kind of thing for task management. Obviously, I'm a Google Calendar girl for all things scheduling and calendar and all that good stuff. So I use all things G Suite because the people that bounce between like Outlook and Google and try and mesh it all together doesn't work well. I will say... Yeah. <laughs> I will say that the majority of people that are probably listening to this probably work for a corporation that does probably use Outlook. Outlook. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just- So you're probably going to have to go with Outlook and Microsoft OneNote and what's right. the document storage? I don't even know. Like go with their yeah. suite of products. Don't try sure. to use like multiple different things. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then from a client management standpoint, you need some kind of CRM in place. Me being a small business solopreneur, I use 17 hats because again, it's an all-in-one. So it's proposals, contracts, payments, scheduling, CRM, kind of all in one place. For more like sales related positions, my favorite's Pipedrive because it's very visual, very yep. simple and easy. A lot of times the company is already going to have something like that in place, especially sure. if they like very specific industries have their own, but yep. having some kind of CRM in place is crucial because you've got to manage Using your client's it. relationships. Yeah. Using it though. <laughs> I mean, cause I think there's a lot of people that have them that, that yeah. don't actually use them. But so that I think comes it's... down to time management and putting sure. a block of time in your calendar every single day to do prospecting, follow-up and relationship management and putting it on repeat on your calendar. Because if you don't do it, your calendar will fill up and then you're not going to do prospecting. And then, like you said earlier, it's like this ebb and flow of business. So that's one of the things that was a game changer for me. I literally put an hour every single day. I call it connections and cash and it's green on my calendar too for money. (laughs) But basically I go into my CRM for that hour. I'm doing follow-ups. I'm sending emails. I'm setting follow-up tasks. I'm checking in, sending DMS, whatever that looks like, but I'm spending an hour every day regardless. So um, I think that's huge. And then from an information standpoint, this isn't technically a tool. Now you do need to have these tools in place to like put your information places, but I think we need to filter things that come in better as far as tasks and calls and all these different things that come in, right? So we need to filter it and say like, first, can I just delete it? Second, is it going to take two minutes or less? Let's just do it. And third, if I've got to store it somewhere, is it a task? Is it a calendar type of thing? Is it a file? Like where do these things go? Because once you can kind of create a system for that and like have this information filter in place, it takes off a lot of stress. So those would kind of all tie together because if I've got something coming in that's client related, it's going to go in my CRM. If I have something that's a calendar invite, it goes onto Google. If I've got something that's a task, it goes into Asana. So really like getting in a flow of that, like information management is huge because we all deal with that on a daily basis. It's just like information in flux 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now as you know, we're in the social media age and stuff like that, we're also getting all this information from all these other platforms. And so our brains are getting overloaded with information, (laughs) right? These days, it's really like too much information, too much out there, too much opportunity. I think for the first time in history, really, there's too much opportunity. And it's like, okay, sometimes it does come down to like saying no to things, right? Like, and so, you know, no is a full sentence, you're allowed to use it. Well, yeah, and for sure. And I think that so many times, I mean, when I'm talking to loan officers specifically, right? Like 
they are so used to this. I mean, even this idea of like having to respond to an email right away or respond to a text right away. It's like, well, like you don't have to, like you can set boundaries and you can yes. teach your people that, Hey, like after a certain time, you don't respond because you're with your family, you're having dinner and you know, like, Oh, well, you know, it's like, cool. Like, do you want to work with people that want to take advantage of your time? Like, yes. Every once in a while, you may have to take a call at nine o'clock at night because a fire happened and you have to fix yeah. it, right? Like it is what it is. Yep. Like that can happen, but that's the exception, not the rule. And so, yeah, having boundaries to me, that's huge. I mean, obviously time blocking is huge, but boundaries was one of the things that I really, you know, and sometimes I'll see something and I'll leave it because it's almost just part of this sort of like, Hey, we're just setting this boundary, setting this expectation yeah. that like, I don't respond instantly to things. Yeah. Um, I actually, do, I started training my clients. So even if I want to respond to an email at 8 PM, I will make sure it's scheduled out to not go out to them until 8 AM because I don't want to set that boundary of them right. like emailing me at 8 PM. Now I also try not to email at 8 PM. Right. But sure. if I've got something, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to send something. I always schedule it out. That's one of the biggest things, nice. making sure that my clients know as soon as they're onboarded, like what the expectations are, like I'm available Monday through Thursday from nine to five Eastern. Like, this is how you can get a hold of me. Because again, mm -hmm. it's not an emergency room business, right? Like right. nothing's going to come crashing down for the most part. And if you turn your email off for two days, I guarantee you that there's nothing that like is crucial and is going to burn your business down. There might be some important things, but like you said, having those other communication lines available is huge. So yeah, boundaries and saying no is another huge, huge productivity increase for sure. Love it. Love it. So just to kind of wrap things up, I always like to leave with one sort of tactical thing that people can implement right away. So what would you say is like the one, and I know there's probably not one magic tool or one <laughs> magic thing, but what's like the one thing that, you know, so let's just say someone like me, a sales type of person. I mean, again, most people listen to this. What's the one yeah. thing or tool or thought process that they should implement today to you know, be more productive? I mean, I don't know. One of the things that maybe you do already with current clients. Yeah, for sure. So many options here. Sure. Um, so one Sorry. of the things Hard question. I know you're, you're good. <laughs> One of the things I really like to have people do is create what I call a 15 minute list. So these are tasks that take less than 15 minutes because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people, they haven't mapped out their day and what that looks like and they have gaps and they just go straight to social media, right? So right. if we could have this 15 minute list, so a list of tasks of anything that's gonna take you 15 minutes or less that you need to knock out, and then you've got that block of time, go straight to that list versus going to social media and get what you can get done. Or if you're standing in line somewhere and instead of scrolling again, social media is like the culprit to all things productivity killers, but you're standing in line or you're waiting on your Starbucks or whatever that looks like, right? Like go to that list, see what you can knock out. That's probably one of my biggest ones that I think has helped like fill those gaps of time versus going into social media and just scrolling. Love it. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. just having that 15 minute list, because I think it's something we don't think about. And then what ends up happening is, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, crap, I forgot to do this. I forgot to do that. I forgot to do yeah, this. Yeah, that like, doesn't happen. That used to happen to me all the time. Probably about five or six years ago, I would wake up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to send this thing. I forgot to do this. I sleep like a baby for eight hours now. That doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what's huge. And that's one thing that I actually realized as well is that when I started, yeah. like I use tasks a lot in Google Calendar. I'll just like, if it's yeah. not something that needs to be scheduled on a calendar, I'll just throw on just a task at the top. So I just know yeah. at some point during the day, I need to get that thing done when I have some sort of a gap. And so that started working really well for the same reason, because I would forget things. I'd like have it at the top of my head. And I'd completely forget. So I have it on my phone, that I could just add a task yeah. into my thing. And sometimes even if I wake up in the middle of night and think about something, I'll just quickly 
add it in right there, right on yeah. my phone. If, I, if I'm thinking about it and boom, go right back to sleep because it does weigh on you psychologically to have these things that are up in your head. And I feel like I have a pretty great memory. But then so many things start to happen. So many different yes. you know conversations. And unfortunately we're human and we don't remember yep. everything. So, you know, <laughs> I think our subconscious can process. I think it was like millions of data points per, oh, yeah, per, per sure. second or whatever, but like our conscious can only do like, I don't know, I don't remember what the number was, but something much, much smaller than that. Right. And so yeah. it's just like, yeah, our subconscious can take it in, but we can't like, yeah. you know, recall it immediately. So, so awesome. don't Thank have you. 47 tabs open anymore. That's the moral of the story. Just close yes. out all your tabs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, what I feel like I got out of this, obviously, I mean, I got a lot out of it, but you know, part of it comes down to, you know, removing the clutter. It's funny. The other day I spent, I don't know, half an hour cleaning up my office. I just like took a bunch of stuff, put it in a little storage room on the other side. Yep. And so I walk into my room every day and it smells like, you know, whatever the Clorox wipes of like, I'm like, yep. this feels great. I come in, it feels clean. My desk's clean. I don't got stuff. I do have a couple things here that I got to get off now yep. that it's starting to pile up. But, yep. you know, it's the same thing, I guess, with your digital workspace is, you know, having all yes. of that uh, on there, it's causing issues, causing yes, distractions. So yep. thank you so much, Brittany, for being here. If yeah. someone wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about you, your business, maybe get some more information. I know you have a yep. podcast, you got other resources as well. So where yeah. can people find you? Yeah. So if you go to bcohq.co, that's kind of our main hub. We have the Productivity Pod community. So that's our free community group that we host on Mighty Networks. It's very similar to like a Facebook group, but cooler because it's not on Facebook. And then we also have the Productivity Podcast and nice. uh, coming soon, the Productivity Pod shop with all things templates and things. Uh, but yeah, just head on over to bcohq.co and you can find all the different things. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom for us lowly people that are unorganized. Appreciate that. It's been awesome. Again, I mean, I'll just kind of say some of my takeaways from this is, you know, decluttering your workspace, having systems. I mean, I think for me, I've known for a long time, obviously we've implemented a lot of systems, but just simplifying. I think again, we overcomplicate processes so many times and it comes down to how do we simplify these processes as much as possible to make it as little steps as possible to use the least amount of software possible to get the same outcome. So that was a big sort of aha moment to me. It was just like, it doesn't have to be complicated, simplify it all. And that was, you know, for me, a huge point. So if you are listening, make sure you're, you know, follow the podcast, you know, go check out Brittany's stuff. And if you are looking for some more information about how to flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.